patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Let me read that verse again. But let patience have her perfect work. All that statement caught my attention the other day. So I've titled this the perfecting work of patience. And uh, as a matter of fact, the word patience is found over 50 times in the Bible. So tonight we're going to look at this thing called patience. And uh, may the Lord help us to perhaps learn something. I, I got a hunch that we all need to learn patience. Uh, if we had a church full, we'd all probably say amen about right now, all right? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless now the reading of your word. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Now, about 10 minutes to, to 7, I don't want you, I'm going to be done preaching, but we're going to have another song, and I want you to hang on. We're going to baptize tonight, and we're going to live stream that. The word patience means steadfastness, constancy, endurance, sustaining, perseverance. It's the characteristic of a man who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith by even the greatest trials and sufferings. Warren Wiersbe said, some of your greatest blessings come with patience. Ian Bounds said this, I think Christians fail so often to get answers to their prayers because they do not wait long enough on God. They just drop down and say a few words, then jump up and forget it and expect God to answer them. Such praying always reminds me of the small boy ringing his neighbor's doorbell then running away as fast as he can go. Adrian Rogers said this, the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. I'll tell you one thing about fruit. You'll never see a fruit factory. Isn't that right? You see a shirt factory, but you, but do you see a fruit orchard? But you do see a fruit orchard. You see, there's no fruit without life. You cannot manufacture patience. The fruit of the Spirit is patience. As a matter of fact, the book of James mentions patience seven times. And seven's the number of perfection. And tonight, as we uh, see all that's going on in our world and, and where we're at at this moment, may we be reminded that perhaps all of us need the perfecting work of patience. So first note with me, how it is produced. James 1.3 said, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now, I would to God there's another way to get this. I wish you could buy, pay a certain price and purchase patience, but you can. The Bible says, Patience comes from trials and difficulties in our life. It comes from a time of trials. And since we've had to learn a whole new vocabulary 
like shelter in place, social distancing, no going into a restaurant, sitting down and eating. We're all in the drive-thru now. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it a challenge how we've had to exercise patience? But patience comes from trials and difficulties. I'm amazed. We always pray for God to bless us. We don't want trials. I, I've never been to, to Walmart, walked to the counter, and someone say, listen, if you don't mind, I'd like a, a case of troubles and trials, if you don't mind, and, and make them real hard ones. I, I don't want the real easy ones. I want the real tough ones because I need patience. Uh, the reality is we don't go asking for it. But patience is produced through testing and trials that come in our life. Romans 5, 3 says this, And not only so, but that we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. I read this one night where a man decided, I want patience. So he began to pray, Lord, give me patience. So he walked out the next morning to crank his car. He wouldn't crank. So the next morning he woke up and went out in his car. It wouldn't crank. He did that for a week and he was just so flustered and aggravated till somebody reminded him, brother, you prayed for patience. I don't recommend people to pray for patience. But if God sees that you may need patience and desires that you may have patience, May I say it'll be produced through the trials and the testing. Henry Ward Beecher said this, We are always in the forge or on the anvil. By trials, God is shaping us for higher things. Uh, I, I praise God this Sunday morning. The first Sunday morning, we didn't have a sound issue. Something wasn't blowing up or shorting out. Are smoking. And so I just praise God for that. And it has been a trial. Last Sunday, 10 minutes before the service started, the whole soundboard just uh, gave up the ghost. I mean, it was not coming back to life. But, and so it was, it was a time of testing and trials. But I was amazed how quickly we got it to go and to get on the radio. And so through all of this, though, it's taught us all uh, a certain amount of patience. Perhaps through this time that none of us like, none of us are thrilled with, perhaps God is testing us, giving us patience. I mean, we've learned some things during this time. Every parent's figured out they don't know how to do Fifth grade math, amen. Uh, it's amazing, it's amazing. And uh, the reality, we, we've uh, learned that the teacher's job's a lot harder than what we thought it was. And so it, it's taking patience. Warren Wisby said, those times when you feel like quitting can be times of great opportunity for God uses your trouble to help you grow. I, I text a preacher this morning. I made this statement. I don't want to miss during this time of trial that God sent. 
And we're right in the middle of to miss what God wants to do in my life. I don't want, I don't want to miss. I praise God for all the great things He's doing. And by the way, He's still a great God. Amen. He's still doing good. I mean, He's always done good. But I don't want to miss what He's doing in our life. I will tell you this. I don't believe I'll look at a church service exactly the same way again. I won't look at a choir the same way. I'm looking forward to hearing them sing. And I'm looking forward to being back together. So, no, first of all, how it is produced through trials and temptations. But then notice with me also the process. It takes a while. James 1.3 said, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. That word worketh. It's not quick. It's not a one, one-time deal. It's not, it's not you put the money in the top and get the soda out the bottom. It's not that way. It's patience. It takes time. It's a process. And I noticed this word that we, a lot of times when we read the Bible, we just overlook little words, but it says, but let, let, that word is, it means it's a process of time to let patience have her perfect work. It means, it's, it speaks of a, a process, a time, um, because you don't get Patience in a hurry. <laughs> Someone said, I want patience and I want it now. But it doesn't come that way. Patience comes over a process of time. Um, you know, one of the things that hopefully you should be learning as you get older. As you get older, y'all learn through experience to have more patience. And maybe that's the reason grandparents uh, love our grandkids so very much. Maybe we're just more patient. I mean, when it was growing up and they get on your nerves and, you know, drive you crazy and all that good stuff. And, but as you get older, and, and, and you should, you're more patient with them. And, uh, or at least that's what my t- children tell, keep telling me. But we're one more patient because it's a process of, of time. Romans 5, 3 again, but, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh. That word again, worketh. It, it, it's not a one-time thing. It's just a, it's a process of working patience. There's a, a melting process. There's a mellowing process. There's a molding process. And then there's a maturing process. I was preparing this and I couldn't help but think is that as a young man, things that used to get me in somewhat of a tizzy. Now that I'm a little older man, I'm not an old man, but a little older man. Just don't get me in a tizzy no more. You know, I just, it just not, it's not something that, that what used to bother me when I was younger as I've gotten older does not bother me anymore. Um, 
Uh, I pity you if you if you can't wait a few minutes on somebody in front of you at a checkout counter. We we was at a, a store a good while back. You know that's that building when you go in to buy something, and uh, uh, they, there was a uh, a person in front of us, and I know they took at least ten minutes, and uh, and, and you know instead of getting impatient and flustered, uh, I thought, well, praise God, one day we may be there as well. So we patiently waited until they got done and then done our business. Romans 5, 3, uh, Paul said, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Then notice this, patience experience and experience hope and hope make it not ashamed. Now Paul was saying this. He said, I, first of all, tribulation work of patience. Paul said, knowing. Now you have to understand something. Even though the Holy Ghost of God pinned down the Word of God, God allowed Paul to experience much of what he wrote about. Even though he was uh, moved by the Holy Ghost of God to write it. Holy Spirit of God's author. But he allowed Paul to live it. So when Paul talks about tribulation, he understands exactly tribulation. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was left out of the city dead. He was in prison. He was, I mean, he was betrayed. He, he was ridiculed. And anything you can imagine, he was. It literally... He took his, we could, we could take a couple pages of his diary. 2 Corinthians 4 8. We are troubled on every side, but yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body. So he understood, knowing Tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience. He learned some things, not out of the book. He lived them. Everybody understands you can learn something out of a book, but if you ever experience it, it's quite different knowledge. And experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. Book of Job is another good book of a man that understood this thing of tribulation bringing about patience. In the book of Job, we'll not take time tonight, but I hope you'll read him. You'll find this righteous man. First of all, God allowed the hands of Satan to affect his life. Then the hands of men, his three friends, so-called friends. And then finally, he's in the hands of God. And listen to what he said in Job 42. I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore I behold myself and repent in dust and ashes. So we see first of all how it's produced. Then we see the process, how God uses that. But then notice, there's a problem. And here's the problem. But let, but let, 
means there's got to be an accepting on our side. There's got to be an agreement with God on our side. God doesn't force you. He said, but let's let. That means you give it, you give it the right to give you patience. Be patient therefore, brethren, to the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waited for the precious fruit of the earth, had long patience for it till he received the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. You notice what he said, but let, but let patience have a perfect work. One of the greatest problems there is with patience is we won't let it accomplish the perfecting work it wants to accomplish. Instead of patiently saying, Lord, why are you allowing this in my life right now? What do you want to teach me right now? What are you want to, what are you doing in my life right now? It doesn't necessarily mean judgment. Because every trial and tribulation is not judgment. Sometimes it is God molding us and making us and fashioning us. But we got to let God do that. When we get flustered and we fight, we blow up, blow out. Amen. We get all in a, in a tizzy. Then we miss what God is wanting to do. Dr. Howells, every Monday morning, would leave Chicago, go to a, the O'Hara field, catch a plane to preach a meeting. Every Monday, he would ask the Lord, which way would you have me to go? And he would try to seek the way the Lord wanted him to go. One something one Monday, he started on his way and run into a horrendous accident. I mean, cars and traffic at a dead stop. He's very flustered and he's a fussing and he's a complaining, you know, kind of like some of us do sometimes. And he's aggravated. I'm going to miss my meeting, God. What am I going to do? And so he reaches, turn the radio on. And the plane that he was to be on had just took off and crashed at an O'Hara field. And he was supposed to be on that flight. And he just bowed his head. And he asked God to forgive him. And just please forgive him. Because he hadn't let patience do that perfecting work. Oh, how much more we would be. During this time, we need to be asking God, what do you want to teach us? What do you want us to learn? What do you want us to... Do, do you all do agree and understand, and I wish I had a church full to look at, that God, that this is not caught God off guard. God ain't sent an angel to, to ask the president what's happening here. He knows what's going on. And so, uh, we need to understand the problem comes when we're not willing to let that have its perfect work. I love this story. 
A daughter complained to her father how hard things were for her. As soon as one, I saw one problem, she said, another comes up and I'm tired of struggling. Her father was a chef. So he took her in the kitchen and he filled three pots of water. In one pot he put carrots. Second pot he put eggs. In the third part, pot he put in coffee. He let them all three come to a bowl. As they begin to boil, without saying a word, his daughter's patiently waiting, impatiently waiting rather, wondering what in the world is he doing. After a little while, he fished out the carrots, put them in the bowl, fished out the egg, put it in the bowl, and poured the coffee in a bowl. He said, now darling, what do you see? She said, well, I say carrots, eggs, and coffee. He said, well, come a little closer. He said, I want you to pick up the carrots. She said, well, they're soft. It's okay. Pick up the egg and peel it. Peel the eggs and it's hard. It's boiled hard. And he said, well, taste the coffee. And the coffee, she said, what in the world are you trying to teach me here? Here's what he said. All three faced exactly the same adversity, the boiling water, but each reacted differently. The carrot was hard when he went into the boiling water, but it became out very soft. The egg was very fragile and weak, but came out very hard and firm. But the coffee, was the only thing that changed the water. And here's what he said. What when adversaries knock on your doors, what are you going to do? Become weakened? Harder? Or will you change the circumstances? See, the coffee was the only thing that changed the water. And it changed the circumstances. And I love this story. Notice with me, fourth love pattern. Take my brethren the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and patience. Thomas watches that there are no sins God's people are more subject to than unbelief and impatience. They're either ready to faint through unbelief or to fret through impatience. But then last of all, Notice the prize. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. And what shall I say, more say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, raw righteousness, obtained promise, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the vines of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women also received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured not except in deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. 
Now there's actual mockings and scourging, yea, more bonds of imprisonment. They were stoned, they were stoned asunder. Some were tempted, some were slain with a sword. Notice what he said then. These all having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having some better thing for us, that he that they without us should not be made perfect. In other words, God said, He said he, they faced the trials and the difficulties, but in the end, they're here in a great hall of faith. In the end, God is going to do something great. A.W. Tozer said this, What then are we to do about problems? We must learn to live with them until such a time as God delivers us from them. We must pray for grace to endure them without murmuring. Problems patiently endured will work for our spiritual perfecting. They harm us only when we resist them or endure them unwillingly. Did you hear what he said? You know, it might just be a great time in the midst of all that we're facing for us as God's people to let patience do its great perfecting work. It might be during this time that God is wanting to do the great... Some of your marriages might come become stronger now if you'll let patience do its work. You might get to learn to know those kids that have been scattered all over creation again. You might get to learn to know what it is to be home. I mean, really home. Not going and going and going and going and going. Oh... Jack Hall said, there's always a prior place for a prepared person. Ian Mounds, it's hard to wait and press and pray. Hear no voice but stay till God answers. Elizabeth Elliot said, the will of God is never exactly what you expect it to be. It may seem to be much worse, but in the mind of it's going, but, but in the end, it's going to be a lot better and a lot bigger. I don't know all that God's doing right now. In our world, in all this chaotic mess. But I know this much. When he's done, we'll be better. If we let patience do its perfecting work. Amen. Let patience do its perfecting work. I'm going to step back here and get ready to baptize.